Hello, and welcome to the Make Money Mediating Podcast. I'm your host, Susan Guthrie, and I'm an attorney, mediator, trainer, keynote speaker, author, podcaster, social media influencer, technology junkie, consultant, and coach. And although I know that sounds like a lot, but what it really means to me is that I've found a way to make a living doing what I love and doing it in a way that lets me help others. So in this podcast, I want to share some tips and insights into helping you create the career that lights you up and pays your bills, whether that's as a mediator, attorney, collaborative professional, or really anything that you are passionate about. So I'll be chatting with some of the most successful and influential experts in all areas associated with building your practice, and I'll share my own thoughts and the lessons I've learned along the way. So come along on the journey with us and soon you'll have a practice that will let you make money mediating too. Hello friends and colleagues and welcome back to the Make Money Mediating podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and I am very excited to be back with you all because we have some exciting news um, and I want to give a few shout outs. So first of all, the exciting news is last week's episode, which is the first one of the new season, all about how to create your 2024 business plan. It is officially the most downloaded episode ever in its first week. In fact, it's by double the amount of downloads in the first week of any other episode ever on the show. So I'm thrilled that so many listeners tuned in. And the other thing that I want to do is I want to give a couple of thank yous and shout outs to some of my colleagues and friends out there who have been kind enough to leave some really lovely reviews on Apple Podcasts for the show. That is one of the ways that I think people are finding the show is word of mouth and through these lovely reviews that people are leaving. So let me just say thank you to Felicia Harris-Haas, Robert Heath, John Lewis, and Liz Hill, all uh, good friends and colleagues and who were kind enough to leave their thoughts and impressions about the show on that Apple podcast. And I will say, if you like the show, if you could do the same and leave a review just telling us what works for you, why this is a show that's worth listening to, that is the number one way that other people can find it. So really great second week of this new season. I am really excited to continue moving on into ways to help you create the practice of your dream. You know, I've learned a lot along the way in my 32 years, and I'm just hoping that by sharing some of my experience with you all, what has worked and what has not worked, it's going to help you all create that practice of your dreams. So to that end, Today, I'm going to be delving deep into the realm of what I'm calling the secret sauce to getting better at what we do, and that is feedback, client feedback. It is a crucial aspect that truly can radically transform and propel your mediation practice to new heights. So without further ado, I've said my thank yous, I've given you the great news, let's dive in. So. As mediators, our main goal is to deliver the best possible service to our clients. I always am reminding us all out there, yes, we are professionals, 
but we are service professionals. We as mediators, or if you're a lawyer listening, or if you're in any service industry, our client satisfaction, our client experience is the number one thing that will help us to drive more business. Those clients come back, those clients tell other people, those are new clients. It's truly that secret sauce. But how do we know if we're doing a good job? I mean, we can anecdotally look at whether or not people do come back, but if you go and delve into collecting and analyzing, very important to do both, collecting and analyzing client feedback, that powerful tool not only acts as a mirror, which reflects to us our work quality, good or bad and bad, but it's also a compass because it can guide us toward constant improvement. I can tell you one thing I know about me and a lot of the professionals that I work with is we get used to doing things one way and we just continue to do that and we'll do that in the face of all kinds of evidence that making some changes might be a good idea, but we are very resistant to change. Human beings, lawyers, professionals, whatever it is, we have that mindset of, but that's not how we've always done it. I've called that before in other episodes, the most expensive words in business, and I really truly believe that it is. So how do we get feedback? How do we use it? And I realize collecting feedback, it, it can feel daunting because we're asking people to say things about us, hoping that it's going to be nice, knowing that it might not be, but there's that personal feeling. It's almost as uncomfortable as that, you know, what I call the, the, the gentle bragging or the posting about yourself on social media. I've talked about that in other episodes. You know, it's uncomfortable to toot our own horn on social media, and it's also uncomfortable to ask people for feedback. How did we do? And the good news is technology has made this a much more manageable task for us. Post-mediation surveys are honestly one of the most effective ways of gathering that valuable information or post-service surveys. Really, again, I'm going to say this is information that anyone who's in a service industry will benefit from. So share it far and wide. So we have tools like SurveyMonkey, Google Forms or Typeform, things that will help us to create engaging and user-friendly surveys. We also, you know I, I can't get enough of my large language models these days, AI. We can use things like ChatGPT and Bard to create the content to ask good questions that are going to elicit the feedback that is going to help us. So you can work between the two, go to say ChatGPT or Bard, tell them what your services are and ask the, that tool to help you create an engaging and user-friendly survey. Use that ter those terms, I'm gonna tell you that, there's a little tip. Engaging and user-friendly surveys that will elicit helpful information for me to improve my practice. That's the information that you want. And you can structure your surveys to capture quantitative data, such as satisfaction score, scores 
and qualitative data through those more open-ended questions. So I always look at this as creating something of a mix, like on a scale of one to five, how was your process? That is a quantitative data question. And then qualitative data, which you were going to want to have less of because it requires more work, but it's really where the meat comes in, where the really important stuff comes in, is, you know, how was the process? What, how did I do? What worked for you? What suggestions might you have for how I can improve? So that's truly incredibly helpful. And it does not take a lot of time or effort. It doesn't have to be a lot of questions. You're going to want to make it very efficient. So the, the shorter the survey and the easier it is for people to answer, the more likely that they will but you have to create it first. So one of the things that I've done for you is created some sample surveys, post-mediation surveys that you can use. So go to the show notes, you'll find a link right to those samples. Feel free to use them, they're there for your use. It's, or just get started, cut and paste it into ChatGPT and ask it how to make it better for your practice or more tuned in to your specific practice. So that is one way. And I, I very strongly urge you to sort of strike while the iron is hot, as they say, and ask them to fill out this information as close in time to the conclusion of the services as possible. And there's a few reasons for that. One is that their recall and their thought process is going to be probably at its best right after you are done providing your services for them. They're also hopefully in a better frame of mind to give you that feedback. They are still connected with you. They are still in that moment where you have provided those services to them. We like to think that we do that well and so that we will gain some positive feedback. But also, I will be honest with you, the most important feedback is the constructive criticism. And I'll just, I, I like to tell you guys stories, so I'm going to tell you a little story. Yesterday, I, I had spoken recently at a conference with a friend. We did a program. And I knew, you know, I knew we had a few glitches in that program. It was the first time we'd done it together. And I think we had more content than time. And so it felt a little rushed at the end. But we got the surveys yesterday. And... You know, it was tough because a couple of people were very honest and said exactly what I just said and knew to be true. I'm not saying in any way that these people were wrong, that we had too much content and that we were a little rushed and we should have we should have managed our time better. Really, yeah, I'll be honest with you, hard to read, really valuable to know. One, because it confirmed for me something that I already believed and, and thought, but wasn't sure of the participant experience. When you're at a conference, people come up to you and they tell you, oh, that was great. Oh, that was so helpful. Very few people to your face are going to tell you, but man, you should have managed your time better. So there was, there were some very, you know, pointed comments about what we could have done better. And I will very much take those forward into the planning of my next program. And I think that that I will look to managing my time better, timing things out better. There were also a couple of tips about managing the questions from the crowd. One of the things that 
was a positive, I thought, in the program was that there was a lot of interaction with people that were, there were a lot of questions, there were a lot of comments, people had thoughts and ideas. I always love that interaction. But the person who was giving me the feedback said, we let that go on a little too long. We should have pulled back from that. Great feedback. There is an art to knowing how much to let it go and how much to pull it back. So getting the, that feedback, getting that information from people who are filling that information out in the moment, super, super helpful. There's also another method that you can use, especially for those of us who do service in the moment, in person or with people, we're working directly with people. We can do something by direct conversation. Even though I just said most people don't want to tell you to their face, it can be a great idea to debrief with your clients at the end, something along the lines of an exit interview. You might do it with an employee who's leaving, and you may want to do it with your clients at the end of a process, of your process with them. Have some set questions that you would like to ask them and either schedule just a brief post mediation meeting. You can do it on Zooms or Teams, or if they are in person with you and you feel that moment, what's right in that moment, do this as a part of your exit process so that you get that information. And when you're conducting these conversations, strive to be curious. And this is where your mediator skills can come in, right? You want to delve deeper to their comments and try to elicit some true feedback. And by being open to what they have to say and inviting it, I, I always tell people, it truly matters to me that you give me feedback because I want what I do to be the best that it can be. And the only way I'm going to be able to improve is to hear from you how I might do that. And so when they say something like, I felt a little comfortable in that moment, or I didn't feel that I had enough direction, say something like, can you tell me more? Can you point to a moment during our session where you, you know, felt unsupported or you felt that the direction was somewhat lacking? You can, you know, when you felt frustrated, whatever you, words they might use, you can also dive in on the particular things you might have done well, because we don't always know that we're doing well. I just did a role play with some law school students. And at the end of it, we were debriefing. And one of them said, you know, I just really felt heard by you. I really felt like you were listening and that you were, I really just wanted to tell you everything that was going on. And you can dive beneath that. Well, can you point out to me what I did that made you feel particularly heard. I would love to know that so that I can be sure to do that in future mediations. So you're collecting this information. And I will suggest um, another quick tip. If you're doing this on Zoom, turn on the Zoom AI assistant. I'll do another episode about the Zoom AI assistant that is now a part of the Zoom Pro subscription. It doesn't cost you any more money, but it takes pretty darn good notes, folks. It's already a part of your subscription. You just have to go turn it on and then you click down on the bottom and it's going to not take a transcript, but take some notes and 
really ideally it gives you both the highlights of what was discussed in the meeting, who said what, as well as a to-do list. And so this could be really helpful if you're doing your exit interview on Zoom because it's going to track everything that you're talking about. You're not sitting there getting this information from someone and frantically writing it down. It's being taken down in that Zoom call and at the end it's going to give you the, the goods, the bads, and the to-dos. So you really want to you know, continue your conversation and use your mediator skills to dive underneath, to delve deeper. Now, those are the two main ways that I know people will collect feedback, either through a survey that is supplied to people that they can fill out at their leisure, hopefully quickly and in the moment, using something like SurveyMonkey or one of the others where you set up a form and it's just a fillable form for them, or you do something along the lines of an exit interview. But once you've collected the feedback, now what do you do with it? I mean, clearly you're going to read through it. I mean, we're all going to read through it and you're going to pat yourself on the back for the good stuff, which good, do a victory lap. You, you know I talk about you've got to celebrate the wins. If you did something well, darn it, what we do is hard. You might as well enjoy that. But if there's that tough feedback, like I just got in that, in that feedback survey, take it in, think about it, think about what they're saying, and then think about how it applies to what you think about how you were doing. Can you make that connection? Because it's in taking the information, the, the, the feedback information and analyzing it, that is where you really harness the power of feedback. So I always tell my clients, think of that feedback as your private detective. <laughs> That's, that must be the, the divorce attorney in me. I don't use private detectives anymore, but for a while there, they were a part of my stable of, of professionals. But they reveal those insights that you need to have into your practice, the sort of the third party doing the analysis, the, the looking for you. And you're going to want to start seeing, yes, mining that particular survey for information. Yes, there's individual information in each one, but you're also going to want to look for recurring themes. So if several clients highlight the same issue, clearly this is something that needs your attention, right? Those are the things that become very apparent if you make this an ongoing practice. And as you start looking at the recurring themes, you're going to start seeing that something that I am doing is making clients feel frustrated or I'm not providing enough structure around this part of the process for them. I need to, when I leave the room in caucus to go into the other room, I need to leave them with some clear instructions and a clear understanding of how I will communicate with them and when I will be back or how I will let them know, you know, that I'm still with the other team in their breakout room or that. But right, I'm, I'm picking on one topic that I know comes up for a lot of people that people feel untethered when they are left alone in a breakout room or in a conference room when, when you are off with the other people. So that can be very, very helpful. The more it happens again, the more helpful it is. The other thing though is don't ignore the outliers, right? Don't ignore things, feedback that seems unique or unusual 
because that often also points out blind spots or untapped opportunities in your practice. And these insights can be very valuable for innovation and setting yourself apart in the industry. So people, one person might come up with something or they might suggest something you, you might do better. And no one else has ever said that. But don't dismiss it offhand just because no one else has ever said that to you or you think maybe that was just a rough day or a day you were doing particularly well. Either way, look at it as something else to take in and see if there are tweaks or things that you can harness. Now, you know, here again is my where I'm going to bring in those large language models, but I really want you to start seeing the value of having that power, that valuative power at your fingertips. So imagine taking the aggregated feedback that you have gotten from some surveys, you know, have your assistant or get it into a spreadsheet or have your assistant pull it together and compile it. And then feed that into ChatGPT or BARD or whichever LLM you like to use and ask it to mine that data for you. Let you know what the themes are. Let you know what this is telling it and what might be things that you should look at and make changes to. So how can I, in light of this aggregate of information, how can I adapt and evolve my techniques based on this feedback? I think you're going to be surprised just how much information you can get, even out of one survey. Do one survey post-mediation and put those results into ChatGPT, say, and ask ChatGPT to assess those results, so questions and answers, and then ask what you might do to adapt and or evolve your techniques based on that feedback, right? And I think you'll find that it will have ways where you might be able to come up with things that you can flex or change or alter or tweak to improve. And our goal is always to cater to the needs of our clients. And for that, because their needs are diverse, we do not, every client is not the same. We need to have adaptability as well. So the other thing that I do not want to lose sight of because last week's episode, right, building out your business plan, a huge part of informing your business plan going forward and your business strategy is that the feedback that you get can help refine that strategy. Client feedback can show you where you're losing business, or you might see additional services that you could add to add value and to perhaps increase your income or increase your service offerings. We've talked about that in other episodes, right? Some clients might, for instance, appreciate follow-up sessions or additional resources or post-mediation services. Maybe that is something you might have an open-ended question. If we were to offer additional services, which of these might appeal to you or leave it even more open-ended by just saying what additional services might be helpful to you that we don't already offer or that I don't already offer. So that feedback Driven data can guide your future offerings and that ultimately boosts your bottom line. And so if you sat down last week with last week's episode and created that business plan I was talking about, once you start doing your feedback, you're going to want to 
periodically go back and fine tune that business strategy and business plan in light of that feedback. And let me just go again to the difficult part. And and I've shared my story with you. So know that I'm speaking to you as someone who knows that it's hard to get negative feedback. But I want you to also know that although it is tough to hear, it's often where we learn the most. It is. It's not often where we learn the most. It is where we learn the most. We have to take that deep breath and take it as constructive criticism. Not everyone's good at giving it. And so sometimes it's a little harsher than I think maybe they meant, or maybe they meant it harshly. But it is a gift because what it is telling us is that it is a learning opportunity rather than an attack on us. And we can use that as a catalyst for our growth and development. So I, I want to wrap this up by just you know, really emphasizing for you all that client feedback is not a luxury and it's not something that you should just say, oh, it's too much or I don't want to ask for it or I'm doing fine. It's really not something that should be optional for you. It's a necessity if you want your business to continue to grow and be successful. And if you want to continue to grow and be successful or just to continue to be successful, nothing remains static. So even if you're doing everything right today, which if you are, please do your own podcast and tell us how because I'd love to know how to do everything right. But if you are, Sooner or later, things are going to change. And if you continue to do things the same way, you won't be evolving with the change that happens in the world. So, you know, you need your client feedback. It's the compass that's going to guide you toward becoming better mediators, building more successful practices. So I want you to embrace it, learn from it, and use it to your advantage. So my feedback, I'd love your feedback on this episode. And at any time, as I said before, I would love to hear what you think about the show. I want to know what you would like to hear me talk about on this show. If you have specific questions, I'm always wide open to those. I really love connecting with the listeners and those of us on this journey together. So remember the road to improvement is always under construction With every piece of feedback you receive, you are putting another brick on your path to becoming the best mediator you can be. So stay open, stay curious, and most importantly, stay connected with your clients and be open to what they will share with you. So until next week, everyone, keep on growing, keep learning, and keep mediating. Bye for now. Thanks for listening in on this episode of the Make Money Mediating Podcast. I hope you got some great insights and tips on creating your dream practice. Join us every week on Thursdays for a new episode. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. And if you're enjoying the podcast, here's a shameless ask. Please consider giving it a five-star rating and tell us in a review what you find most helpful. It's honestly the best way for others to find the show so that they can make money mediating too. I'll see you next week.